Good evening, everybody. Do a toggle there. This is the What Would Jeff Do show. Um, we stream every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And don't forget, I'm the community, and the doors are open for the community. I'm sure Joel will put up a link for the community. The community is something really, really special. But we, but getting back to what I was just saying, every Tuesday and Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, we do the Wake the Fuck Up with Jeff show. It's exclusively on the community. It's the only place you can see it. Meanwhile, this show you can see on Instagram, YouTube, Rumble, and on Facebook. Uh, but the community is a very, very special thing. It is a paid platform, so people are paying to be there. It's a minimal amount of money, but you can also join yearly. A yearly membership unlocks huge amounts of courses for included. Um, and we're adding more courses to it. So we're taking a lot of our paid courses, not not um, too many of them, but a good amount of them. You'll also see different training sessions with clients. You'll see short little how-to videos. You have to keep in mind when a dog is here for a board and train, it's here for six weeks. That's 3.5 million plus seconds. And a lot of it we don't, you know, put into a course. Um, so there's all kinds of good information that we'll also be putting into the community as well. Um, it's been ongoing. We're a little bit over two months old on the community, and it's fantastic. It's great for networking. It's great for confidence building. It's great for camaraderie, and it's really fantastic, and you can join it. So, um, Joel just put up the link, and um, let's get right into the questions. People ask um, questions on their dog. The biggest issue that people are struggling with is stopping things, and I'm not quite sure why the industry of course you have to be proactive but when you're talking about family pet dog training even though some of this applies into sport dog agility you know because dogs are doing unwanted things there in fact a lot of agility dogs are actually not well behaved it's common knowledge a lot of show dogs are actually not well behaved um remember that's a performance so there's a lot of great actors and actresses out there that are drug addicts and abusers. It's like just they're acting on film. Well, a dog doing a choreographed routine, no discount to any of their training. It's intense training, and the trainers are actually quite fascinating. But that doesn't mean they can live in your home. It doesn't mean they can be around other dogs peacefully. So, But in the pet industry, though, it's rather simple to train obedience, sit, heal, down, place, kennel up, recall. You know, is it laborious? Sure, but it's not rocket science. That's for sure. Now, stopping unwanted behaviors to us is not rocket science, but why more emphasis is not being put on? I mean, if you really want to get, you know, this whole, you know, surrendering of dogs, you know, stopped. You know, we were launching a separation anxiety course um, this week. And we've been obviously putting a lot of information on separation anxiety for years. We've been talking about it, but in you know in our feeds. But we've talked to a couple of shelter people this week, and they've commented to us saying, "You will not believe how many dogs are surrendered to us because of separation anxiety." And being in the shelter doesn't stop it. Going to a new home without them having the information doesn't stop it. You can stop separation anxiety in one night, one day. We have done it thousands of times. Remember, all the information that we give you, all the advice, all the protocols, 
is all from personal experience with thousands of dogs. Thousands of dogs. And we only give out advice that works. Now, if it doesn't work for your dog, it's possible that there's something else you have to do. We have to troubleshoot all the time. Also, there's employee error. I'm sorry, there's handler error. You just don't know. Your timing is wrong. Your intensity is wrong. You just might be looking at things a little bit differently than a, than a, than a trainer would be. So, and then also, there's so many lies in this industry, it's beyond incredible. It's actually bordering on unethical behavior, especially when it comes from a um, an animal behaviorist, which is somebody with um, a minimum of a, of a master's, but a lot of times they have a doctorate. I'd like to think they've got a code of conduct to uphold. A vet who absolutely has a code of conduct to uphold. And the advice that they give you is beyond wrong. In fact, a lot of the advice actually will create an unwanted behavior, especially around resource guard. Like resource guarding, the advice is given for resource guarding, the advice is given from separation anxiety actually works against results. Absolutely does. And ask anybody that's spent the money, they'll let you know. For some reason, most people that have tried it know. Or they'll be like, oh, yeah, it's working. It's been two years, and it's getting better. I mean, two years? Your dog should be driving a freaking car if you work that hard. So um, it's a concern, and we will always be honest with you. And you might not want to hear it, but it's the truth. So let's just jump right into the questions. Next. Snuggle Buns says, hey, everyone. Hey, Snuggle Buns. And Sam Davis says, good evening. Metal Chicksa says, good evening, hello, friends. Hello, hello, hello. Metal Chicksa said, took my dog on a camping trip for New Year's Eve, awesome. and he did wonderful having camping neighbors with dogs. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, that's good. I mean, campground, you know, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an RVer, and there's definitely RV dogs. There's truck driver dogs, which are really cool. I mean, it's really funny when you see a min pin, you know, <laughs> looking out the window of an 18-wheeler. Um, but um, but definitely, so being an RVer, I don't use campsites. I just go. I just try, I just go. I, you know, rest stops, truck stops, I just go. Um, side of the road, you know, parking lot somewhere, Home Depot, whatever. Um, but campgrounds, which I don't do, but that's obviously very, very popular here in the U.S. and around the world. Um, and a lot of campgrounds don't have a lot of space. They're not spread out. So having a dog that behaves well in your your space, basically the size of sometimes, you know, just a double wide driveway. And about as long as a double wide driveway. I mean, they really they really can sometimes space. I mean, you see them down here in Florida, especially down by the water. They're, 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 they're bumper to bumper. I mean, you absolutely, if you're sitting on the toilet, you actually can knock on your, look, reach out the window and get toilet paper from your neighbor. I mean, that's how close you are. Um, but, you know, camping is definitely can be very stressful if you've got just a barking dog, let yeah. alone a dog that's like leash reactive, let alone a dog that gets off leash. That happens a lot. Um, uh, let alone a dog with separation anxiety that destroys your RV or breaks out of its kennel. We've seen, you know, dogs that have, you know, because I was part of some RV groups, not anymore, but dogs that literally will eat through the wall of your RV. Now, it's, your house is one thing. You can just, you know, repair that temporarily. But when they rip through your RV and you're driving down the highway, that's, you know, the next day, that's a whole other thing. So it's great that you had a great camping um, trip. Next. Cheryl says, hello all. Hey, Cheryl. Hey, Cheryl. Sawblade, tomorrow at noon, Manny gets his staples out. Going to start training him that afternoon if we get the go-ahead. So pumped to get back out there and prep for the dog show. Awesome. 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 
Joyful Canine, is anyone else exhausted? Is it residual holiday mental and physical bandwidth? Oh, I just can't kick it this week. Um, um, well, I had a mental breakdown today. <laughs> I think it's everybody's feeling it a little bit. No, for sure. not everybody, but I mean, it's just definitely the holidays. It's You can have seasonal depression, number one, that is real. Mm-hmm. Um, the holidays are taxing on people. Um, if you consume too much of the news, that's mentally exhausting. Um, there's a lot going on in the world right now. Um, but that's why meditation is great. Journaling is great. Manifestation is great. Um, but there's always going to be, you know, if you ask people that, that question, Jesse, you're going to get a ton of people that'll say yes. Ask them in a month. Yes. Ask them in six months. Yes. Um, also, but put it out there saying, isn't everybody having a great life right now? I feel one more wonderful than I've ever felt um, at, at the start of any year. You'll get a lot of yeses on that as well. So um, I think it's all it's all perspective and it's all your situation. So there's no really right or wrong answer on that one. Yeah. Ryan says you guys look cold in South Florida, LOL. Um, a little th- bit. This morning when I went to the gym, it was 45. Yeah. Which is which is which is cold, um, but it, it warmed up. This so once the sun, I don't, the cool weather in Florida with sun is actually quite nice. Yeah, it makes a difference. So if it's like we've had days that have been um, in the last couple of weeks that have been sunny, and I'm like, wow, it's really nice out. But you check the temperature; it's 65. Mm-hmm. You know, which for Florida this time of year is is cool. Um, but with the sun out, it makes a big difference. You can have a 75 degree day. That's eh, warm then too. But say a 70 degree day with no sun, and you're like. This sucks. Throw in some sunshine. It's wonderful. Next. Avi says hello. Hey, Avi. Hey, Metal Tricks has said, we heard all kinds of dogs and coyotes off in the distance, and he was just calmly sitting in our space, enjoying the cold weather. He loves husky. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, I thought the... you couldn't train huskies. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Obviously. That's what we were going to do. With. That's what yeah. we were going to do. With huskies can't be the, trained. At the coffee shop. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. my yeah. best friend's in town with her two huskies, and they're trained. Yeah. But all dogs can be trained. You know, all dogs are trained. They're either trained to do what you want or trained to do what you don't want, but they're all trained. But a husky can heal. And a hus- just for all the people out there that have heard, or you might be repeating this, but it's it's false, but a husky can, because um, people are always like, you know, after doing some training, to do a training video, try that on a husky. Try oh, that yeah. on my hound dog. Constantly. Try that on my, you know, my sight hound, my, you know, any dog that uses it like a beagle, that uses its nose, you know. It's like, please, every dog, to be trained to a up to a decent to very good to excellent level, depending on the skill set of the human giving the information to the dog. That's what it all boils down to. So if you can't train a husky, it's not the dog, it's most likely the skill set. But they all huskies can recall. You can have a husky that pulls when you want it to pull. So say you do say you do some winter sports with your dog, um, uh, whether it's on a bike or a set of skis or on a sled, but you can still have that dog heal next to you. Why? Because it's a command, and it's no different than this. We play chuck it with our dogs every day. So the dogs are off leash, and they're running super fast after a ball, all in drive, heading away from us. Guess what, though? If you told the same dog to heal next to you on the exact same path that the ball went, it would heal next to you. Why? Because one is one command, which is sort of like just go get the ball, which is really not a command. It's a default. I go where the ball goes. But another one is heal. Now, you can even have some fun with that. Throw the ball. 
three times, let the dog chase it each time, and on the fourth time, heal the dog to the ball. It's not that difficult to do, no matter what the breed is. So it's all, again, what does the dog know and what information does the handler know to teach the dog? Next. Donna says, I'm new and have a question regarding using an Mm e-collar. Many trainers say that e-collar should never be used for a dog for reactivity with other dogs. Stop right there. I know there's more to the question. Is this covered in the Calm on Command course? Donna just purchased that course today. She is new to our world. Okay. She does have a working dog who's struggling with reactivity. Okay. So first of all, anyone that says e-collars are not good for insert any training of behavior or stopping of your behavior is wrong. You can train 100% of the dogs out there on e-cowers. Now, that doesn't mean you'd want to, or some people would want to, or some people need to, but an e-cower is not a last resort, and an e-cower is probably one of them, actually, for leash reactivity, we have a, we have a better option than Calm on, calm on um, Command. So Calm on Command is is not tar- – we go over leash reactivity, but it's not as targeted as chaos to control. No, I recommended that one for her because she has a fully trained dog already who's exhibiting all the same stuff as Cade, including reactivity. Then so I on, talked to her okay. and told her that was the Got best it. course for make sure her you, situation. I want to make sure yeah. you do it because the people are just coming in with general mm. – Leash reactivity, chaos to control is going to be a better course first. So if you have a trained dog, calm on command is good because it fine-tunes everything. The magic of it, though, is also on what you're doing on the not on the just on the walking part. Not just on the walking part. So even though you're in the house and your dog is not being reactive a lot of the times, still are you being demanding of your dog? So what happens with a lot of folks are is if they're struggling with a behavior, they're not thinking of the widespread shrapnel effect, and they're not thinking about stacking. Stacking is a series of bits of information, habits, that stack to either good behavior or unwanted behavior. So a lot of owners, what they're doing is they are being really lax in a lot of the dog's life, almost all the dog's life, except for the dog does say, something that they don't like and they only want to address that one thing now can you sure absolutely but if you want to make it really good if you want to completely extinguish it if you want to make things even better than you thought you had you'd want to be able to do like a lot of stuff it all depends on what level of training your dog is at um but go through the course. Just go through the course first. And if that doesn't work we've got the podcast and we also do one-on-one consults. Um, because there is, like all dog training, there's there's a learning curve. There's a learning curve. Next. Um, let's see. Joyful Canine said, Joelle is always cold. LOL, my roommate is the same from Barbados. And even if the house is at 73, she's in a hoodie and two pairs of socks. Mm-hmm. Chai tea or cinnamon and cayenne in the coffee and smoothies helps her, she says. Mm. Must be like why I like spicy food. So 90 degree temperature would help her. Yeah. So If it's 73, I'm definitely cold. Yeah. Um, Joey Weir says 65 is way too cold, sun or not. Um, I wouldn't say wait. I'll take it over the snow. So, we, so we were in New England for, I mean, I'm 57. So I've been in cold weather for 55 years. So for 55 years, I've been in cold weather. I mean, obviously, we, it got warm there too. But 
55 years, I've had 55 winters. Um, so 65 is in the winter time is actually nice. It's actually nice when you don't have to wear hat, gloves. Like anytime you don't have to wear gloves, it's decent weather. Next. Dog lover said, would it be a red flag for you if a prospective breeder didn't have well-trained dogs? Does all the health testing, et cetera, but can't tell if the dogs have poor genetic temperaments or just not well-trained? So there's training and there's behavior. Personally, I can care less if my breeder's dogs were trained. I can care less what they knew. A lot of times, a lot of these dogs literally just, they, they fuck and they, they, they deliver babies and they fuck and the males, they just fuck and fuck and fuck and fuck and fuck. And that's what they do. And they don't even go on walks. A lot of breeders have property. So it's like, we just let the dogs run around and I have no problem with that, but their behavior, right? The behavior. So let's say the, you know, you can't tell from the bitch, but if she's like, has puppies right there and she's really protective, you can't really judge, oh my gosh, are these dogs going to be protective? But let's say you've got, you know, the male, the stud, and he's, you know, on a long line tied off somewhere and you come on the property and he's like going after you. Now, does that mean that all the, the, the puppies will be aggressive? No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. But because you can have also extremely calm um, male and females and there's a dog that's like very, very insecure, very aggressive. So, I think the bigger red flag is if they don't let you meet the parents. Right. Like, when I got Wes, his breeder was very much like, yeah, come meet his father, mother. He's like, again, she's temperamental. She's hormonal. Right. Don't take her behavior right now. Right. That seriously. Right. Like, she's pregnant and she's due soon. She can kill a dog. I mean. But he, the father was yeah. very sweet. You know, yep. he's he was playful. Like, just, he's, there, he's like, I, I'm like, I want a family dog. Mm -hmm. I'm not looking for a working shepherd. Like. So if the breeder's like, oh, you can't meet them or like you can't come on my property, I would mm -hmm. say that is like I mean, somewhat of a red flag. But it also depends. I mean, you have to remember how many calls they get from people also on, on looking at the opposite side. They want to see their dogs. They have mm -hmm. no, they have no, I mean, there are people that actually want to see dogs. They have no interest in buying the dog whatsoever at all. They're not even in the market for dogs. That's they just true. want to go see puppies. So it's just selfish behavior. But I'm more concerned about the overall behavior and temperament of the dog, not the training. Training is easy. You can leash train a dog in less than a week. So, oh, your dog's out of control? And it's from a breeding pop breeding? Great. Give me a week and, I'll, and we'll train it. So that's, 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 there's other, I don't do temperament testing of puppies. I'm not good at picking out puppies. Um, but and then also you're in a situation where artificial insemination is huge. It's humongous. A lot of times you won't see the male. The sperm was flown in. That's true. It was flown in. I mean, that's more and more common because unfortunately the genetic options for a suitable stud are becoming worse and worse. So. I'd say health testing is definitely important. Health, skeletal. So if they're doing that. Hips, they're certifying yep. hips, elbows, things yep. like that. And just being just just being AKC registered doesn't mean shit. No, it is a scam. No. Okay, that is a scam. I'd ask more. I could care less. What is their policy? Let's say, if for whatever reason shit hits the fan, you can't keep the dog. Right. Will they say I'm not going to take it back? Right. 
Or yes, that dog will absolutely and should come back to me. It should even be written in the contract. Yeah. That's an ethical breeding. Yeah. So there's, there's, you know, there's, re- there are really good breeders out there. You know, there really are. And just because a dog comes though from a quote unquote good breeder, that doesn't mean it's a good dog. There's always going to be one, like, like there's no way that they get a hundred percent. It's just, it's, it's not mathematically possible, mm. you know? Um, so I'm not concerned about the training at all. I'm not, I'm not concerned at all. Next. Metal Chicks, I found you guys because I was finding no help for our Husky with reactivity and overly vocal. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest finds of my life was you guys. Oh, yeah. thank you. I'm right. glad you found us. A lot of people find us through all, I don't know what the number is, but many people find us in surprisingly interesting ways. They find us because they're told not to use us. And, and when they hear that enough times, people are like, let me see. I don't even know who these people are. Let me check them out. They check us out and they're like, wow, they really make sense. Okay. So back when COVID started, I didn't listen to mainstream media. I didn't believe the CDC. I didn't believe Fauci. I believed some other doctors who were taken off of social media. And I listened to them. And ironically, we're finding out that Maybe that was the right thing to do. So social media is pretty powerful and can sway popular opinion, policy, big, because most people just do what they hear. They don't investigate at all. Keep that in mind. Next. Um, horse lovers that I have a five month old Australian shepherd who keeps wanting to chew on my arms and hands. He's not biting, just mouthing it's suggestions. Not, 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 well, first of all, as you know, that's why you're asking. It's not, exa- it's not acceptable at all. Now, when would it be acceptable to actually put its mouth on your body? I've had very stable German shepherds and obviously we played tug and fetch and all that stuff, but we'd also wrestle and um, I would literally stick my arm in their mouth and I would go, I would actually growl at them. They would growl back, you know, but immediately when I said enough, they stopped and no other time could they put their mouth on me. So I would say the majority of the time, the dog shouldn't be putting its mouth on you at all ever, unless it's like, technically you're playing a specific game, the wrestle game, if you want to call it, you can call it anything you want to, but hopefully everyone understands the point. So what do you do? You can actually take a bonker if you know what a bonker is. Bonker is a rolled up cotton towel. I've got a video on how to make it and how to deploy it. Anytime you apply a punisher, which is how you actually stop unwanted behaviors, not through rewards, but through an applied punisher, you would say no and you bonk the dog. Yes, you are hitting the dog with a cotton towel because everyone's like, are you hitting the dog? I'm like, yes, with a cotton towel. You put it into context. You can do it with a pool noodle too, even though we don't. But I'm just saying, though, it's like a pool noodle. If people think that's the worst thing in the world, they probably shouldn't get dogs because a pool noodle is nothing. Dogs run into cement walls, they run into cars, for, and it's not like you told them to. So when you want a dog to stop a behavior, you need to apply some form of punisher. And it usually creates discomfort. And nobody seems to want to have this conversation. 
And people say, well, that's because it's not right and there's better ways. Are there? And I always have a challenge out there for people saying, you grab a leash of a dog, you're working with a dog, because this is our world. This is a lot of trainers' worlds. And everything's going well, and you're doing your obedience. And we do food training with our obedience, by the way. We do food training. Okay, we do a reward-based system to teach obedience. So imagine this. You do, you, there's, a, there's a philosophy that's like, well, if you teach the dog what you want it to do, it won't do what you don't want it to do. That's one phrase. Also, if the dog doesn't do it, then just don't reward it, and it'll learn. Okay, so you're working the dog. All of a sudden, it looks at you, and it jumps up to try to bite your face. This happens to real dog trainers working with real family pets on a sometimes daily basis, depending on what your forte is. So in our world, it's daily. What do I do? If someone should, I want to hear that answer for someone that doesn't agree in applying a punisher. What do I do? And the usually answer is, well, what did you do to make the dog do that? It's like, oh, so you're blaming me. Right. So what did you expect when you wore that middle bra and short dress? What did you expect when you went out? That you were going to get raped? Really? Is that the world we're living in right now? So it's not my fault. Or why wouldn't work with those dogs? Okay. But you've got lots of advice though, right? That we're doing it wrong, but you wouldn't do it right or wrong. You would walk away. I see. But when you find somebody like us who actually works with these dogs, has dogs lunging at our face, knows how to stop it, it doesn't repeat itself. That's the people you want to listen to. Next. Let's see. Glenn said, hey, my dog Loki's issues come from a six-month stint with a violent neighbor, and I've managed to fix the dog and human aggression. But the one problem that I cannot seem to fix is his uncertainty, anxiety towards us and our family members getting affectionate. We have to be very careful on how we interact with each other as a family because sometimes he becomes aggressive. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we've worked with not a ton, under two dozen in 20 years of training dogs. Um, as far as like, we've, we work with a lot. Okay, we've worked with many dogs that go after their owners. But specifically owners that like, Imagine you're all watching, I don't do sports, but imagine you're all watching football or any sports and your team scores or your team doesn't score. The other team scores. So you either jump up and celebrate or you jump up and yell at the TV. Dog instantly gets up and, it, and bites. That's, that's not uncommon for a dog to do. A dog shouldn't do it. It's not acceptable. But if your dog is reacting to high energy between the family, if your dog is reacting to affection, because we have couples that cannot hug in front of their dog, they'll be attacked. In fact, we, we have a video on that in a seminar. I stopped it right there in front of everybody at the seminar. Full transparency was two, two um, Springer Spaniels. And they were very attached to the wife. They were resource guarding the wife. The husband could not hug his own wife. It was going on two years now could not sit on a couch next to his wife 
without the dogs attacking him. Could not walk down into the basement, which was a finished basement where her home office was. He could not walk down into the basement unless the dogs were contained. His house, family pets. So we stopped it. So what do you do in this situation? You do, number one, you have to know how to stop a behavior. That's the most important thing. Do you know how to stop a behavior? And we teach that in numerous different ways in almost every dog. All dogs have behaviors that you need to stop. There's always something. So do you know how to do then, you know, aggression rehab, which not a lot of trainers do. That's just the way it works. Most dogs, most trainers are on the proactive side. They don't stop unwanted behaviors. And then you would role play it. So once you've got the formula, the dog understands what no means, the dog actually stops it, then you actually role play it over and over and over again. The dog either walking around, have the dog in it down, have the dog in place, and excuse me, and then do the things that trigger the dog. Just so you can teach the dog, I don't want you to do that. Now, what a lot of people will say is, don't yell around the dog. Don't dance around the dog. Try to tell families in 2024 with TikTok and, and all these dances that everybody is doing, adults and kids, okay? It's like telling Elvis not to fucking thrust. It's like, no. You should be able to live your life pretty much other than going on a week-long vacation, leaving your dog unsupervised. You should be able to live a life pretty much you want. And your dog should either participate in it or ignore it. Next. Donna says, LOL, I feel like I've been troubleshooting for two years. Well, you might want to do a consult, an online consult. They're effective. They're highly effective. I mean, I've rehabbed dogs around the world, trained dogs around the world, physically, but also online. Some days I'll talk to three or four different countries. And everybody's making progress. Where's the one you just did recently? Was it Mongolia? Mongolia. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I did Mongolia. Someone in Mongolia. Yeah. yeah. I've done them in I've done them in countries where they only have electricity on Tuesdays between three and five. You know? I remember right right when the uh uh the Russian Ukraine war started. I was very limited on when I can do it, you know? So same with Israel. Yeah. Next. Sarah says, just started e-collar training a client's dog, and I'm on NCS for place. The dog is breaking place often, but responding well to the continuous sim. She has started whining a lot while in place. Is it too early or confusing to correct for the whining? This is day two of e-collar for her. Usually day two, and if you don't know what NCS is, it means non-compliant sim. So we have actually have a four-step formula on how to remote collar train a dog for obedience. Mm -hmm. You're not just putting on an e-collar, telling the dog what to do, and shocking the dog. Or if it doesn't do it, shocking the dog. That's not what we do at all. I don't know many trainers. If there's any, I don't know many trainers. I'm sure there are some that do that. You have to teach the dog first. Now, stopping and unwanted behavior is different. That you that you can do right away. You can, have a, you can have a totally untrained dog, and if the dog gets up on the counter, you can apply a punisher literally within the first five minutes of meeting that dog if that's what you're, if that's what you're hired to do. We do it all the time, you know. So, but usually by day two, you'd want to get in more of your NCS reps. So we do something called priming, CS, NCS, you know, um, and then the correction punishment phase. So NCS is pretty much the dog know, the dog's under voice control. It knows what to do, but obviously you haven't done enough reps yet. So say the dog breaks command and you would just hold down the stem and the dog goes, oh, 
I'm not supposed to do that. I'll go back. And the dog goes back. So you, they're understanding the language of the remote collar. Remember, the remote collar is you're teaching your dog another language. So you've got to do the building blocks first. But if your dog, if you hit NCS, see if you hit STEM and the dog keeps going back, that means your dog understands the language. And if it keeps happening over and over and over again, you can start increasing the STEM. Mm-hmm. Even, though it's only, even though it's only two days in. Now, some dogs, you might have to wait two weeks. But when you've got a dog that obviously, because some dogs learn faster than others, it's not as much that they learn different as they learn faster or slower. Yes, some dogs learn different as well. But this, this dog is picking things up really fast, and we've had many dogs pick up things fast. In fact, the dog in Green to Graduate that we use mm-hmm. picked everything up. We had that dog fully off-leash trained. It didn't even know its name. It was fully leash trained and then off-leash trained in 11 days with high levels of distraction, mm-hmm. high levels. It was running in the woods off-leash after 11 days of training, turned on a dime and had one of the most incredible recalls ever. So with you, you absolutely, I would start saying is, let's move the levels a little bit higher to give that dog some incentive not to break command. As far as the whining goes, that's going to be now a, um, a navigational thing on the remotes. So look at the remote as like navigation because you've got 100 levels on a lot of the towers. You've got stim, momentary, and then you've got continuous. So you've got to figure out what's the recipe. How do I, how do I get you? Imagine, a, 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 I'll humanize it because everyone likes to humanize dog training and I can play the game just as good as anybody else. Um, you've got a child that's struggling with their emotions. Well, you've got to figure out what way do you go in to connect with a child, to communicate with that child so they'll understand. And sometimes it has to be in the heat of the moment. You can't wait till they calm down. So. Our common command course also heavily addresses whining. Because so such an issue. the dog we used was a humongous whiner. Like so bad. Yeah. So the thing about the common command course is it's a great course for eliminating stuff, but also for fine tuning a lot of like the dog is great with obedience, but it has a couple of these annoying, you know, behaviors. Whining being one of them. Because this dog was a huge whiner. Also, too, if the dog is still in the learning stage, but they're a habitual whiner, don't be afraid to just go back to a leash pop. Yes. So a lot of times no, correct. Exactly. A lot of times we're like, put the remote down, grab the leash, give it a good old school leash pop. That's another thing. This whole like, you know, yank and crank is bad. I'm like, no, it's not. We need some, first of all, can we have some context, please? You know, don't train with pain. Context, please. Dogs dogs going for my face. Dogs going for your kid's face. So what would you do? Here's another example. People that say don't train with pain, I call bullshit. I call bullshit. I wouldn't want you to train my dog that's aggressive. My dog goes after my kids. What are you going to do about it? You should have a protocol. We have a, we have a step, step-by-step protocol on how to stop that. And I assure you, it becomes very uncomfortable to go after the kids. It becomes uncomfortable to even think about going after the kids. Obviously, though, that's one part of the conversation. We're also not just getting the person to stop heroin. We're also teaching them how to stay off of heroin. And then we're teaching them other good habits. Again, we'll humanize it if you want to, because everybody else loves to. Next. 
Sid says, evening all. Hey, Sid, hope you're well. Hey, how are you? Crystal, I always do a Google map real view to scope out the campsites. My friend and I will car camp with up to 15 dogs and stay in campsites a lot. The edges are usually good. Wow. Surprised they let you in with that many dogs. Yeah, dang. Seriously, because a lot of campsites, you know, there's, there's, it all depends. I mean, there's RV, there's RV parks that definitely might not let you. They don't, they don't let certain breeds either. Um, but, uh, that's great. But if you do, if you, but there's also a lot of places. So I'm, I'm, I used to backpack everywhere. Um, I'd go out for two weeks stints. Um, so I would backpack, you know, parts of the Appalachian trail, parts of the long trail uh, up in new England. So I'd be out for, you know, weeks at a time. And, uh, so I would just, Oh, there's a spot. There's a water source, you know, hundred feet away. And it's in, it's I'm not in a, and I'm not in a low lying position. I would just set up my tent. Um, but, uh, uh, for, for camping car, for car camping, um, it's usually is more like at a state park or at actually like, you know, a, a, a campsite next. Um, Kim said, I feel you, Joel. It just means we're alive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our mental breakdowns, they happen here and there. Mm-hmm. Joyful Canines, a good point on news and watching the wrong things. Likely terrible for the psych. It's rained for eight days straight. That doesn't help right With there. Zero Sun, likely also a contributor. Yep. Thanks for the journaling tip. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I mean, there's something to be said for that. I mean, it's it, it's real. It's real. But the news is the most toxic thing. Social media. You know, you can listen to the wrong social media. Mm. I mean, what do I mean by raw? You can listen to social media that actually gets you... Um, uh, you know, some social media should get you like passionate and angry, but there's a lot of people out there that are just like, how can we make people upset? You have to keep in mind, keep in mind, Big Brother wants you to be defeated. They don't want you to be successful. They don't. They want to anger you. They want you to rely on them. So they're going to put out a lot of negative news and they're not going to put out a lot of good news. Next. Jeannie said, good evening. I'm enjoying the show from my car while I'm parked waiting for my son while he's at hockey practice. It's negative 10 Celsius and snowing. Such a beautiful, gentle snowfall. Wow. Sounds nice. Nice. That means the car is probably running. Um, Parker's canine said, can't wait for our phone consults. Nice. Crystal, some of my best structured daycare clients have been huskies. Smart, eager, and quick. Yeah. Yeah, I love yeah. training huskies. Yeah. Now, you, you keep in mind, it's like... Let's, let's not be too breed. We can't be breed specific. There are dogs of all breeds that are challenging to train. We've seen them. Any any dog trainer that's been training dogs for a long time will tell you that it's not a breed issue. It's just a dog issue. Mm. Like there are just dog. There are dogs that are extremely challenging. Yeah. And people, are, what's the easiest? You know, what's the easiest? I know. Breed to tra- train. Any breed, any dog that wants to work and loves yeah. to work. There are so many dogs out there that just don't want to work. There's no drive in them. No toy, play, no food drive, nothing. That's why you need to understand compulsion, which is leash pressure, which is goes more towards, yeah, old school. Because dogs don't care about the motivators that we read about, mm-hmm. they don't. So they don't want to do it. So sometimes you have to make them do it. This is not all dogs. Let's not take this out of context. But you should have the skill set, though. Like, I couldn't get that dog to couldn't teach that dog to do it down. Really? That's because you have one 
application of training. It wouldn't take food from you. Therefore, you don't know what to do. And this is very popular out there. Mm. If you go to your, your, your normal large group class that only believes in reward only, so many people either leave are told to leave. People are told to leave. Like we know firsthand of, there was a bunch of big training places up by us. And I'm not talking about the, the big box stores. I'm talking about like training places. Like they do agility there. They do competitions there. So they do this reactive rover class, which is a scam. Most reactive rover classes are scams. They all use the same formula and it doesn't work on a lot of the dogs. But they were told, your dog is too reactive. Come back when you teach it um, not to be so reactive. It's like, isn't that why I'm here? Isn't that why I'm here? Any dog trainer worth their salt can stop leash reactivity and would never kick a dog out of a class. We do seminars on leash reactivity, not in Florida anymore, but we did them every month in Rhode Island. And we address leash reactivity in all of the seminars. I don't care. I'd have 10 dogs out of 20 all being leash reactive. Great. Bring them all on. I'll stop them all at once. Well, one after another. And by the end of the seminar, all the dogs are walking by each other. All the dogs are lying down next to each other. Just a small two-day seminar. Next. Leash reactivity was actually a one-day seminar. Mm. Um, let's see. Dog trainer Bestie said, we're taking the Calm on Command course. We're working with a super high-drive Doberman right now. And it's so refreshing to see that we are all just out here troubleshooting these tougher dogs. Yeah. yeah? There's a huge... I feel like that's like the majority of dog training is troubleshooting. Well, yeah. I mean, there's absolutely baseline stuff that yeah. you teach. You teach the dog core fundamentals. You teach the dog how to stop a bunch of unwanted behaviors. But there's still... If you really want to have, and I'm not talking about a competition level finished perfect dog, because there is no such thing as a perfect dog, but you're always troubleshooting constantly. And that's not because your training doesn't work. It's because the dog just didn't learn it. So you got to come up with something else. You got to figure something else out. It's like, wow, that worked on these commands. It's not working on this command. Geez, I was able to stop these behaviors, but I can't stop that behavior. What should we do? Next. Um, Ryan said, most places online say Australian Kelpies aren't good at obedience and then claim mouths are less problematic, LOL. So anybody that says that Kelpies, which when you're in Australia and certain other countries, you see a lot of them, um, are, was the word they use difficult or? They aren't good at obedience. They're not good at obedience. That's because the trainer is not skilled to train them. So I would find yourself a, a trained Kelpie, which is not hard to do because a Kelpie is also a working dog. So they have to be able to make decisions on their own, take direction. They can't be nervous and fearful. They've got to have a lot of confidence. They seem to be training upright when they're in the right hands. Next. Um, Marco says e-collar works. Best tool out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah most people don't even realize what an e-collar can do. I don't think of it as a last resort well, like, for whatever talk, reason. Talk to, talk to a trainer about state of mind. How do you create calmness with the dog with an e-collar? People say, oh, well, you're shutting down the dog. I'm like, no. No, I'm not. You want to see a bunch of shutdown dogs? Go to a shelter. You'll see a lot of them there. Go to a dog that's been there for a while. But 
And eCower is a fantastic tool for training uh, obedience, stopping unwanted behaviors, and working on the dog's state of mind. So you have a great end up with a great relationship with the dog, and you end up with a freaking great dog. Next. Um, Devin said, hey guys, want to start a dog training podcast around helping dog owners? Any advice? Also, Tom McDonald has a song called Everybody Hates Me, and I think it fits solid canine training perfectly. Yeah, well, I mean, keep in mind, we, you hear about the haters because they're so vocal, and a lot of people, but you don't hear about all the love. Mm. We probably get a hundred times more love than hate. A hundred times more. And if anybody doesn't like us, which is fine, you're entitled to it. But if if you hear from somebody, do a, do a social experiment. If you hear from somebody, oh, I don't like you know Jeff. I don't like solid canine training. Ask them why. Why? Oh, they do this. Really? When? For what? I don't like the way they train. How do they train? What are they training? Like break it all down. Don't just take a, a don't just take a copy paste comment. Break it down. I ask people all the time. It's like da da da. That's wrong. Da da da. Okay, well then tell me how to do it right. And and if, if if someone tells me how to do something, I've been doing this for a long time. I've worked with a lot of dogs. I'm like that doesn't work. That that does you know that doesn't work. That's like saying to somebody, "Oh, you're sick. Mm, don't try Eastern medicine. You should do Western medicine." What does that? What does that exactly mean? What does that mean? Medicine is a big word. Go to a doctor. What kind of doctor? Doctor is a big word. So. I mean, so many things, like nobody talks about like nutrition, exercise. A lot of stuff can go away with proper nutrition, proper exercise, meditation. So um, next. Um, Joyful Canine said, you guys taught me that every dog is a candidate for e-collar. Also that it can be used for everything. Yeah. Done correctly, of course. So many saying yeah. when not to use it, when it's not true. No, it's not true at all. It's absolutely not true at all. There's so much false information about e-collars out there. And people that are like, well, that's why so many, they're cruel. That's why countries are banning them. I'm like, you realize that homosexuality is illegal in more countries than e-collars, right? You realize that. You realize that women can't go out at night, can't go out during the day unsupervised, can't go to school, can't have a job, can't vote. This is in 2024. You do realize that, right? Those countries that ban guns, like that doesn't mean it's right. That's just that's just because a bunch of loud people got something passed. That's all. Next. Um, David said, "Do y'all still travel train?" Yeah, we do seminars. We do seminars, but yet yeah, people can hire us privately. But it's just it's a lot of money. You know, it's a, it's a it's a lot of money. I mean, you're looking at a couple thousand dollars a day. You know, that doesn't include traveling. That's just time. So to take time away from our, you know, to take time away from our life and our work here, to have us come out to where you are, there's a, there's a considerable fee. But people tra- that's why people travel to bring their dogs to us because it's cheaper that way, especially even including their travel. It's still cheaper. Next. Um, Sabrina said, will y'all ever release, release merch? We used to, we took it down. No, no. This is the reason why, because 
we don't want, I mean, if I, I guess I could, and I can just have it drop shipped, you know, but I don't want to stock things. I used to be, I used to do that. I mean, t- before this industry, I was in the adult industry for almost 20 years. And all I did was merch. I was retail. I did retail and wholesale. When we did have merch a few years ago, it was a pain in the butt. We drop shipped it, but then it was like, everyone was having sizing issues. And it was, like, was clothing, yeah. sending it back. Yeah. It was just like, whoa, right. we had like t-shirts with some slogans on yeah. it. Like, but we've done coffee mugs, coffee we've done mugs. Things, but, but what I do a. We should bring the coffee mugs back though. Those are cool. But I would, but I don't want to ship them. Yeah, true. Okay, I know we have to ship those. I don't want to box them up. Yeah, put, 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 box them. We don't have like a staff anymore, like we pack, used to either, to like help them. With that even stuff. if we did, yeah, even if we did, just to make fifty cents to a dollar. No, I'm not. I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather sell sell a course. <laughs> I'd rather put just as much effort into selling a course. Next. I don't even know if I have a what would Jeff do mug anymore. Damn. My folks had one. They do. Yes, I bet you yeah. have some in the RV. It's, it's, it's up in the um, it's up on their top shelf. It's a black one with white writing. Ryan said, "People have told me I shouldn't breed Aussie with my female or warn buyers of his aggression, thinking his resource guarding will be passed down. They're territorial and hunters." Shake my head. You know, I mean, I, there's dogs out there that probably shouldn't be bred based more on like probably their bone structure and their health. Like any breed can resource guard, you know, but any dog, but, but resource guarding is a behavioral, it's a learned behavior. It, it's, a, it's a behavioral issue and it can be, it can be stopped quite usually with most dogs quite easily. So if you're struggling with resource guarding, we can stop that in one session, one session. And you don't do it by swapping it out for a higher value thing. That's actually a really bad protocol to do. Next. Um. Let's see. Wow, we have a lot of questions that we're not getting through tonight. <laughs> Sorry, everybody, we're ranting. Um, Cheryl said, orthopedic foundation for animals, x-rays for hips, elbows, and genetic testing is so important. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yep. David says, social media can sway uneducated idiots. Unfortunately, it's easy to attack corrections and punishment. 99% of people don't understand operative conditioning and only want to coddle the puppies. Right. I've always really liked you guys. The same people that hate dog corrections spank their children or don't spank their kids actually so this is the thing i don't even like to use the word operant you know conditioning um i don't like to talk in behavioral terms the reason is is because owners it just confuses owners even more that doesn't mean what you said was wrong what i'm saying though is i like to make it simpler you can do this you can't do this this is how you teach the dog what to do this is how you teach the dog what not to do so theoretically, you don't even need to understand that. That doesn't mean you don't need to know it. So a lot of people have been like, Jeff says it has, I read the comment the other day, Jeff says you don't even need to, like operant conditioning doesn't even work. I'm like, no, I didn't say that. I said your average, okay, I go in to get my oil changed. Which by the way, is like a hundred bucks now, like after they're all said and done, you know? But I don't need to know all this stuff about it. I should know where the oil goes. Everyone should know where their oil goes. If they're low on oil, they can fill it up. They should know how to be able to see how much oil, you know, where the dipstick is. But as far as like changing a spark plug, say, which is not an oil change thing, but it's like, do you need to know how to change a spark plug? Some cars, you know, some cars don't even have carburetors anymore. In fact, most cars don't, I don't think. Um, but like, you don't need to know this stuff. Most people just want the car to work. Now, a dog is obviously 
way more personal and you should have a skill set. Um, but I think if you make it plain for people, like do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this, they'll 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 appreciate it better. Next. Sawblade said the book I'm reading says myth number one. The dog will always want to work for you. Bullshit. Um, without any intervention. Oh, well, 1962 when it was written. Right. Only myth. It's a myth. Yeah. It's a myth. Yes. Yeah. Myth. Yes. It is a myth. Yes. That's not bullshit. That's true. Yeah. I mean, dogs are selfish animals. Very. Please remember that. This whole man's best friend. No, they're their own best friend. Dogs do things. Like, are they doing things to make you happy? Or are they doing things to get something out of it or to avoid something? That's a better explanation. Mm. The dog is doing something because there's something in it or they're preventing something from happening, like a negative. But if dogs wanted to make us happy, why are they biting us? Why are they biting our kids? That doesn't make me happy. Why are they whining in the middle of the night? That doesn't make me happy. They're doing it because they're selfish. A lot, most animals are pretty selfish. That doesn't mean they can't be loving. That doesn't mean you can't love your dog. That doesn't mean your dog can't be, you know, helping you, can be nurturing you. It can be there when you need it most. It doesn't pass judgment on you. Well, I shouldn't even say that. Why are some dogs afraid of some um, owners after, after you know, a certain, a certain event? I mean, if you beat the shit out of your dog every day, it's probably going to be afraid of you. But a lot of times, it's still not. Next. Brittany, loving Green to Graduate too. Yes, that is part of the community now. Yeah. Um, we just did that in the community. Yeah. Another thing. We're Green always to rewarding our community yeah. members. Green to Graduate 1 and Green to Graduate 2. Yeah. So we got 400 added, $400. There's a lot more in there. That's $400 right $100. there. Was it $600 for the courses? Yeah. And, and it's it's $37 a month or $399 a year. $377 a year. $377 a year. For annual members only. For then. annual members. Just that alone. Yeah. Next. Plus the weekend problem solving seminar. There's so much. There's course, so much. My content creation course. If you're a business owner, it's mm -hmm. like literally thousands of dollars of value. Yep. Um, but she said, "Loving Green Graduate too, and the homework. Can you practice different spots of place in the house? Our pup has one spot down. Great, but we want to be able to put him anywhere. Yeah. So place is a command. We started putting different blankets down yes. using the command with a hand gesture. Is that confusing to him? No. No. So place is a command. What's going to happen when you go to someone else's house? What's going to happen when you like place is just a command. That's like, that's like telling your dog down and it only learns it on carpet in your house. So dogs, you know, down everywhere, everywhere on every, on every type of surface in every condition with every distraction. Next. Virgin Mary says, how do you go about socializing a dog that was rescued from being bred to be a fighter dog? Um, just about to say, first of all, I won't discount, first of all, the backstory. How do we actually know? And it might be true, but most of the time it's not. That's why I'm saying this, because I've been doing this for a long time. I'm very familiar with the situation of it potentially being one. How do we know it was bred to be a fighting dog? How do we know? And was it a fighting dog? You socialize it, all depends on your skill set, but it also depends on the, the dog. Now, there's many dogs out there 
that we can't say that backstory on because most backstories are false, by the way, just to let you know. If you rescued a dog with a terrible backstory, the majority of the time, it is a false story. That doesn't mean those stories and dogs don't exist. I'm not going to say it's impossible. What I am going to say, though, is and if someone's in rescue, if, if someone is in rescue, especially a larger shelter system, they know absolutely that most dogs they get in, they know nothing about. And they make up a story. Oh, it's a pit bull. It's aggressive towards dogs. It must have been training for dog fighting. Okay, how about that chihuahua that's aggressive towards dogs? What's the backstory on that dog? Was that dog also being bred for dog fighting as well? How about the Labradoodle, which we're seeing a lot of aggression out of right now? Are those dogs bred for dog fighting? Either way, take that story, throw it in the trash. You own a dog who's not well socialized. Great. Awesome. We'll start socializing it. First thing to do, teach it baseline obedience. Second thing to do, start um, introducing distractions to it. Third thing to do, you can do this in parallel, is start taking it to as many places as possible and being exposed to the world and leverage your obedience to make sure that it doesn't aggress or flee. And know how to stop leash reactivity. Don't let people come up and pet the dog. Don't let dogs come up to the dog. Just start exposing it to as much things as possible. Next. Um, Christy said, oh, hold on. Yeah, Christy said, Loki resource guards my younger son, Chris. So when we are hugging him or doing something like putting on lotion, he gets upset. The, the kid gets upset? A lot, a lot of kids don't no, like to have dog, lotion put on. The dog. The dog, gets, the dog doesn't get upset. So we have to take that word out. And I'll tell you why you have to take that word out. Because now you're going to think of a human response to that. And that's usually with words. Right? Loki, it's okay. It's just it's just suntan lotion. Don't worry. Loki, yes, it's 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 not 20 SPF, it's 50. You don't have to keep reminding me. No, it's unscented. I know you don't like lavender. I get it. So instead of saying upset, your dog is behaving in a way that you don't want it to. Great, awesome. Because I don't know how to make your dog not upset, but I know how to make your dog not be not be. Um, resource guarding your child. So number one, what's the consequence for your dog doing it? Number two, teach your dog the out away from people, which means sort of get out of here. We have a free video on YouTube for that. And the child should learn it as well. So once a dog knows out, so if one of our dogs goes up to Angelo, say he's, um, because he reads a ton. He reads a ton. Um, so say he's reading a book and a dog comes up to him. He doesn't want to be bothered. Especially, say, he reads and eats blueberries at the same time. So he'll be sitting in sitting in a chair, have a thing of blueberries, and he's, like, reading his Harry Potter books or whatever books he's reading, and um, he's eating blueberries. And a dog might just come up to him. He's like, hey, Ange, what's up? And he doesn't want to be bothered at the time. He's reading, or he, sometimes he's doing his homework because he's homeschooled, and he'll say out to the dog, and the dog will move away from him. So out away from people. Do that as well. Next. David said, I find that e-collar stim is not best for enforcing a stay. Verbal and leash correction works best for me. The second he breaks stay, no, and fast reset back to the same place. So with an e-collar is great, though, for that. So we find the opposite. Um, 
which is fine. You're working with the dog that you're working with. Um, some dogs, a leash correction could be better. But we find that a remote, especially if you really educate those dogs on remotes, like some dogs can be very, very um, uh, uh, well-trained on a remote to really understand what you want. And it's, it's pretty much silent communication. Um because the levels that we can go up of, if you keep breaking place, we can make it super uncomfortable from far distance away, and the dog will understand it, especially if you've taught the dog exactly what to do after it's been corrected. Next. Ryan said, my favorite part of dog aggression is that people say only working dogs or sport dogs have aggression, that spaniels or labs can't have it, and then you meet one that is aggressive. I've probably met... Oh my God, we've worked some some scary spaniels. I've, I've met probably some. In labs. I've probably the aggression level that some of these spaniels have, and mm -hmm. it's not spaniel rage; it's just aggression. Um, I don't like to like throw labels like spaniel rage. You know, it's like, oh, so certain spaniels might have it. I'm like, every dog can be aggressive, you know, mm -hmm. in every breed. So, um, but we see aggression in especially the family friendly dogs your golden retrievers, your doodles, you know, anything that ends in a doodle, we've seen aggression with. Um, we've seen them in, you know, in dachshunds, in shih tzus, in like when any trainer that trains lots and lots of dogs, especially family pet dogs, and also working dogs, a lot of them are not aggressive. They're not aggressive. Just because a dog does sport work, that doesn't mean it's an aggressive dog. Just because a dog does cattle, you know, cattle or livestock, work that doesn't mean they're aggressive because your livestock guardian dogs are not being bred or trained to be aggressive towards humans no you get a perimeter protection dog primarily it's for invaders and it's usually not humans that doesn't mean they won't bite a human but it's usually not what they're concerned about they're not concerned about that they're concerned more about coyotes next Let's see. Wow. We're not going to be able to get through all these tonight. So Let's sorry, try. Guys. Let's try. It's already 8.04. Okay. Um, everybody, everybody, check out the community. Look at our courses at Sally Canine Academy. This is a free show. Share our stuff. We'll go to like, like 8.10. Like we'll do as yep. many as we can. Yep. Um, Adeline said, I have a six-year-old GSD. have had her for three years. She was rescued. Total mess. Finally able to walk her on a prong and control her. She walks lovely, but still massively dog reactive on walks tried all sorts like distraction treats putting distance between us okay. and the trigger but she still reacts okay. how can i get her to totally excellent. not care excellent okay so what you learned was an ineffective way to stop the unwanted behavior it's typical and just to let everybody else out there know you can stop you can train a you can take a dog that's a mess and unmess it in weeks that doesn't mean Whoever asked that question, I'm sorry, I didn't catch your name. You did it wrong. Adeline. Adeline, that doesn't mean you were wrong. You just didn't have, and especially because you mentioned you've tried distraction in space. I know how most likely you were told, you were trained, because that's like this distraction, like redirection stuff, it's very, very common. Now, has it worked for some dogs? I'm sure it has. Never for any dog we've worked, and we work with a lot of leash reactivity dogs. We have a course called Chaos to Control. We show you step-by-step, step, full transparency, how to stop leash reactivity. If you have not learned, Adeline, if you have not learned how to apply a punisher to stop an unwanted behavior, then your world will open up. 
it'll open up. You'll actually have a better relationship with your dog. You'll probably be surprised how well your how well your dog can be trained once you've stopped all these things. So it's called chaos to control. So you need to find a trainer or a training program or philosophy that understands how to properly apply a punisher. And it's not that hard to do and it doesn't take long. You don't have to live like this anymore. You can stop it in a weekend. Next. Will said, was just referred to five minutes ago about crate training. We're struggling with a 10-week puppy. Resistant, heavy whining, seven days into training. Okay. First of all, I don't know how many puppies you've had, um, but this is what you signed up for. You signed up for a pain-in-the-ass puppy. That doesn't mean it's going to be a pain-in-the-ass dog, but most puppies, they're cute as hell, but they can be very, very annoying, which doesn't mean you should get rid of it. We have a puppy course on how to actually raise your puppy. And then it goes right into green to graduate. So if you took this puppy course, which you don't have to do, I'm going to give you an answer right now, but I also want you to have a dog that by four months old is well, well behaved and well trained by six months old is awfully trained. And that's the norm for us. So how do you stop a whining puppy? If it's in its crate and it's whining, you can take a bonker, which is a rolled up towel, say no, toss it at the crate. You're going to be told that'll create a negative association with the crate. Don't do it. The dog will be afraid of you. You ruin the relationship. I've never seen that in the history of my career, which is spanning 20 years. I've never seen that happen, ever. I've never seen a dog that we have stopped from whining in the crate get worse, ever. So... But in the meantime, also, there's a ton of proactive stuff you can be doing. Hundreds and hundreds of reps of every obedience command. And that's what we show in the course. It's all food-based. But to stop whining in the crates, you can tap the top of the crate, take a metal food bowl, tap the top of the crate. You can shake the crate. It's called earthquake. All these things are very, very common to do. And it doesn't mess up the dog. Being angry at the dog, yelling at the dog, that can mess up the dog. You have a higher chance of messing up the dog by yelling at the dog out of frustration than you do, believe it or not, by by throwing something at the crate. Next. Uh, Michelle said, good evening. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Michelle. David said, any dog trainer worth their salt would never kick a dog out of class. Outrageous. No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. Chris said, happy new year. Appreciate you all and what you do for all of us. The adventures of Yenna and your courses are amazing. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Kudos to you. Presley, my dog is a rescue. He's on an e-collar and has been shocked at the highest it can go. He still gets zoomies outside and wants to be right next to us. He's the happiest dog. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Believe it or not, when you give your dog structure and you give your dog structure, yeah. It also depends. Like people have to there's context to it. There's context yeah. to it. If the dog at the highest level, it's like, oh my God, that's terrible. I'm like, well, what was it doing? What was it doing? It might not right. be so terrible. Oh my God, it was getting in the trash can again. Last time we had to rush to the emergency room. Well, guess how you stop dogs from getting in the trash can? You don't put a cinder block on top of it. Okay. You don't you don't put, have to put your trash can in a cabinet in a drawer. I mean, you know what I mean? A slide-out drawer, which many kitchens are coming with these days. You make going by the trash can hot. You make it suck. Same concept as underground fencing. That's all. Wow, I'm not going by that trash can. Why do you think kettle fencing works? Why do you think cattle fencing works? You're trying to tell me that a horse or a goat or a llama or um, a cow 
can't break through cattle fencing? Of course they can. But they don't. Why? If they were fleeing, like there was a forest fire, or they were stampeding, or they were just all riled up, they absolutely can go through it. But if they're just milling about, hell no. Hell no. Even if they're freaking, there's tons of grass on the other side that's really, really good eating. They're still not going to do it. Next. Dan said, went to the store, which we do all the time, and commands are good. But the excitement leaks and vocal noises, then peed when the store owner pet him. And in a sit, but so excited. It's the last real hurdle with him. He was in a downstay for minutes before he greeted. So I appreciate the lives. Keep it up. Any tips to help? Yeah, that's most likely it's, well, I don't know your dog, but it could be just excitement pee. Could be nervous pee. But, you know, this is the thing. You know, this is not a cop out either. Why did the, why did you let the manager pet the dog? And I'm not opposed to people petting dogs. Don't get me wrong. But a great way to do it is to have your dog around lots of people with no interaction. A lot of times the arousal level goes down. And because a lot of times people get dogs too riled up and they excitement pee. Or they're nervous around people. And somebody reaching in like this, even though they don't bite them, still makes them nervous. And that comes out with pee. So, but it's, but you said, you mentioned leaking. So it sounds like you might have an over arousal problem, which means that doesn't mean every overly aroused dog pees, but it definitely doesn't, it definitely doesn't help. Definitely doesn't help. Next. Julia said six year old pit mix e collar train has tried to bite two year, two year old twice was muzzled. We live on edge and he's always gated off because we think he will attack her otherwise. Where do we go from here? Okay. So first of all, that dog's what, six? Yeah. Okay. So you have to decide yourself. Because this can be challenging for not having a hands-on trainer that knows how to fix this. You have to decide, do you want to um, live the next six years of your life like this? Because you mentioned the dog's gated off. I'm not opposed to gates, but it's a crappy way to live. It really is. Having gates in your house. Unless you had like a gate to one room and you never went in that room. Do you know what I mean? Then it's no big deal. But having gates like from the kitchen to the living room to the playroom. You're you're smart for doing it. Do not get me wrong. The child safety is the number one thing. Humans before dogs at all times. But... What have you done? So the gating of the the gating of the dog should, unless the dog goes over the gate or the child gets too close and sticks its hand, but you can teach the child to stay away from the gate. All two-year-olds are capable of learning that. You've got to decide um, what have you put down decide what have you done to stop it? Have you have you set it up? Is the dog had a punisher applied at the thought of it? Is there loading going on with the dog? So I would suggest doing a one-on-one because there's a lot of variables. So I can definitely get you on the right path. But there are a lot of variables to do. There's a lot of proactive stuff you can do. And there's a lot of applied punishers that you can do. Next. Donna said, I understand the concept of creating an endurance dog by too much exercise. But what do you consider is enough daily exercise for a working line GSD? All depends. I mean, if you don't work it that much, you don't need as much. Also, what's your lifestyle? So in other words, who am I to say because you work you know, a full job and you only have time for 
two one-mile walks a day and maybe some chuckets, that's not enough. It might be just the amount you can do a day and the dog can acclimate it. So I own a Malinois. And people are like, oh my God, you must have to work it all the time. I'm like, no, I actually don't. Because I train that Malinois to be calm. I train that Malinois because because it's, it's a family pet. So, but meanwhile, if I ran that, I, you know, I bike with that dog, can I bike for two hours? Sure. Do I? No. I could, I um, play chuck it with that dog. Can I play chuck it for twice as long? Mm. In the summer, I would, that would be stupid to do because the dog would probably pass out. But like yesterday, we were playing chuck it, chuck, 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 chuck. And then all of a sudden, instead of coming back to me with a ball, he just ran, he just ran right into the truck because I leave the truck door open. He's right in the truck. Obviously, he's had enough. Sometimes I'll just lie down. Mm-hmm. But in the hot summer, though, you've got to be smarter than the dog because they'll, 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 they'll run until they pass out sometimes. Same with swimming. So what's the right amount? I would do more of an indication of what's your lifestyle. Because some people are going to say the dog needs two five-mile walks a day. I'm like, you know how long it takes to walk five miles? Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. No, get a slap mill for that. Per- they get a slap mill. You know, next. Uh, GB Buck said, hey, guys, heart-stopping moment. Client's terrier mix grabbed an opossum in my yard. Crap, didn't have the e-collar on. However, the first time my no worked immediately, I would paired it recently with the e-collar. Good. Good job. Yeah. Always, you always, get, that's why the power of no. See, that's what folks have to understand with, a, with all these applied punishers. When you're proceeding with the word no, that's what you're really doing. You're really teaching that dog that no has value. It has value. I mean, for us, when we, we walk our dogs off leash at night, we live in a neighborhood where we'll rarely see. It's, it's believe it or not, it's a busy area of, of of Florida. But our neighborhood, which is made up of like eight streets, so imagine eight streets in a rectangle. You really don't go down there unless you live there. You know, there's really no because there's no cut throughs, and we'll be out with our dogs and there's minimal traffic, but let's say a car is coming and let's say, cause we let our dogs like sniff a little bit and they don't have to be in heel, you know, all the time. But let's say our dogs are out in front of us a tiny bit. I'll just say, Wes. And he turns like someone yanked on his head. He comes walking back. So does Tex. They all do. If they're, if they're say a little bit towards the center of the street and we're like, heel they'll come flying over to us and boom walk right next to us and this is because of all of the work we've put in and anybody can achieve this anybody can achieve this even husky owners next frenchie mom said with your help four years ago we trained our frenchie with the e-collar sometimes she needs reminders when out at the beach and i just use the vibration to get her attention thank you so much yep so um you can also use low teach your dog on low level stim as well Sometimes vibrations too much too, and sometimes they, they they panic. But if it's working for your dog, keep doing it. Mm-hmm. But again, just because you have to remind your dog occasionally, that doesn't mean the training was bad. Now, um, like some dogs are like my dog always recalls, always recalls. But one day it was sniffing something in the sand, and it like yeah, why? Because rotting fish is usually more mm-hmm. of, a, of appetizing than your recall. So they'd be like, please, I got rotting fish here. I'm eating dessert. Ugh. You know, sorry, I don't want my vegetables. Meanwhile, I'll take Brussels sprouts over just about any dessert out there. Next. 
Ryan said the community is your mug club. LOL. We would love a mug. I know. Don't put ideas in people's heads, please. <laughs> Next. Sabrina, my mother-in-law has a local dog trainer for her leash reactive dog who has made her anti-e-collar because it will make him worse. Okay. I roll. Any tips to convince her to try the e-collar? Nope. No tips at all. No convincing here. No convincing. Nope. She has to be open to it. Put it this way. Has she, has the, has, uh, it's leash reactive. What are the protocols? What are the step-by-step protocols? Does the, does that does that um, owner know what loading means? The trainer know what loading means? What's the what do they do when the dog is loading? What do they do? Get its attention, redirect it. Really? So the dog is thinking about being leash reactive, and a reward pops up. Interesting. So, hey, maybe maybe they'll fix it, but it shouldn't take long. But maybe they'll fix it. Maybe they'll fix it. But to be anti, a certain anti-tool, just point blank anti-tool, that lets you that lets you know that that's not a very good trainer. Next. Um, let's see. Joyful Canaan said, "Oh my God, Green graduate too in the community. Mm-hmm. I've been under a rock the last week. I have to engage more." Yeah, that's okay. We just added it. I think right. Yeah, we yeah. just added it. Yep. Um, man, I don't know if we're going to make it through all these. It's already 820. Okay, we'll be back Friday. All right, everybody. Sorry we couldn't get through it. I thought, you know, we gave us some good information today. We didn't really go any rants. We just expanded on... We expanded we a lot expanded more, a lot yeah. today. Um, we'll be back again Friday. Right. It's actually like, like right after Christmas dinner. You know, we, And then we Saturday, we have our coaching calls in the community. Yeah. So if you're part of our community, another great thing about the community is twice a month on Zoom. So it's... I gotta make that link. Face to face and voice to voice. And you know, if you've ever been on a Zoom meeting with lots of people, and you get to ask us questions and we actually talk to you. So we can have now we can have a two-way conversation. So when someone says, Oh, I'm having a problem with whining in the crate, I'll be like, Awesome. What did you try? And you don't have to sit there and type it. You know, great, try this. And then the more you know about us, if you just came into our world, the more free content you watch of ours, the more courses you get of ours, these the Q and A's, the problem solving becomes much easier. So when we have a dog that goes home from a boarding train and let's say an old behavior cropped up, which they do, or let's say the owner is struggling with something, um, which they do, we can do even just a phone call with them because now we're speaking the same language and we know how the dog was trained. We can be like, okay, this is what you're doing. You're underwhelming the dog. Do this. Okay, great. Your timing is a little bit off when the dog does this. Remember we went over this at the go home? Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, I'm, I'm missing it, but I sort of I see it, but I don't do anything about it. Awesome. So now we can speak the same language. Anyway, um, we will see everybody Friday night. Don't forget Solid Canine Academy. Solid Canine Academy. It's, an, it's a fantastic resource for uh, training dogs and for stopping them onto behaviors. All right. Madly in love with all of you, Angelo. Did you want to say something? Good night, y'all. Okay. Y'all. Yikes. Wow. He's Southern yep. now. Yep. Angelo from South Carolina. All right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And uh, physically hitting us. <laughs> all right. All right, everybody. Take care. And Angelo's, Angelo's going to be doing his podcast this weekend, too. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. Time for your podcast. He's done podcast. It's not his first podcast. He's been podcasting, but yeah, yeah. we're starting it back up. We'll talk about it afterwards. So you better get your notebook out. All right, everybody. Madly in love with you. Good night. Take care. Bye-bye.